one thing that friends can do is kind of have those cues with one another of what your friends need in social spaces so that you can encourage them and kind of offer them opportunities to engage socially but also give them opportunities to have their one-on-one time when it's required as well yeah. i love that i love yeah. an exit strategy baby yes. i love an exit strategy <laughs> We are going to start with one of our guests that may look a little familiar (laughs) to you guys. She is my forever host. She is a digital creator who speaks in complete outfits, (laughs) creator of the Monumental Style Project that is all about her love for fashion in Washington, D.C. Shayla stylishly explores the beauty and uniqueness of the nation's capital. You all welcome Style Maven and Muse, Miss Shayla Dees. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you, friend, for having me. I appreciate you sharing your platform with us today. Absolutely. So up next, we have a creative powerhouse, curator of culture and conversation, fashion enthusiast, and unique storyteller. Nikita delivers original fashion, developing her personal style and curating both storytelling abilities and creativity in her fashion choices. Her deep understanding of style and human connection became a launching pad for her marketing career. She is a conscious blend of electric energy and soulful style who is doing her part to build an inclusive platform for untold style stories, including her own. Welcome, Miss Nikita Newkirk. Hi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My friends call me Kiki. Also known as Kiki. (laughs) And last but certainly not least, we have licensed therapists in the state of Virginia with a passion for mental wellness initiatives and advocacy stemming from her hope for our collective societal healing. Professionally, Naya works to develop community and corporate partnership opportunities to strengthen community engagement. Welcome, Ms. Naya McCray-Brown. Hey, y'all. Hey, Hey, y'all. Hey, Hey, y'all. I don't know. I'm kind of intimidated to be with, like, the fashion girlies today, but I'm excited. Maybe something will rub off. And I've seen Naya in person. She is a fashion girl. Don't let her fool y'all. Okay, okay. <laughs> she was she was dressed down when I saw her. <laughs> Look, that's how that's how she got here. Because you know you're out and about and you see people and you like, oh, she cute. Let me go chit chat with her. <laughs> yes. Tell me more. Tell me more. Who are you? Listen. Listen, um, so welcome to today's guest. And also, we want to welcome the ladies in the room who are joining us by way of our live audience. Hello, those. Hey, y'all. Um, so I did a poll and you guys asked for a way to engage um, and add your voice to these conversations. So I'm excited to have you guys join us. Please feel free to drop your comments, questions, feedback in the chat box. We do see them. It will pop up as we're recording so we can include you in the discussion. If you are listening on your podcast platform of choice and you want in on the conversation, you can visit me on IG 
at Fashion Maybe and join the Ladies Room Broadcast channel, which is where we post the audience link that will get you access to join us in the audience. Lastly, today's podcast episode is presented solely for general information and entertainment purposes. Information shared today is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed professional. Please consult a healthcare provider for any information you need regarding treatment, diagnosis, or other medical advice. And now that we've got the housekeeping out of the way, ladies, let's go ahead and jump into today's conversation. We are going to be talking all things post-COVID rut, the impact of isolation, the benefit of community, and resources to help folks reset. So first, let's get into how many times in the last, let's say, couple of months, have you planned to go somewhere, picked out your outfit, (laughs) had all the information and all the plans on going, and then the date arrives, and boom, you no longer want to go. (laughs) Picked out outfit, purchased tickets, did all of the things. And the day of, nah, not happening. Absolutely. So even if you purchase tickets, Kiki, you like this? Listen, I have flaked on myself. I have done it <laughs> twice this year. And that taught me, don't you buy no more tickets until yeah. the week of. If it sells out, it sells out. But I have done it. And the day of has come and it's like, nah, I, I don't want to. I, I do. It, there's no reason. There's no rhyme. I just do not want to. So for myself, I could say it it is definitely has been something frequently that has occurred that I have noticed. Yeah. How about you, Shay? So if there are four things planned in a month, guaranteed I'm not making two of them. Guaranteed I'm not making two of them. And when I tell you my heart is so pure and I have all the intentions of being there, and baby, it has not, it's, it's, it's absolutely a me thing. It's not a you thing, but I'm not coming. I'm not coming. And I love you, but I'm not coming. And, and I love you, but I love you though. I love you. I love you down. I'm not coming. How about you, Naya? It happens to me regularly, and it was happening before COVID. As, oh. an as someone that just really needs to be intentional about my social time, there's been plenty of time um, in my adult life that I have just been like, mm, it's not going to happen. I don't even buy the ticket. Yeah, I might need to find a way to rework the first one, go to dinner, not to the date afterwards, things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But yeah, and sometimes I get so like worked up about it. I'm like praying. I'm like, God, if, if I'm not supposed to be there, like, say it's fine. <laughs> Make the car not work. Let there be traffic. Let something get in the way of me not doing this thing. So it's certainly something that I've dealt with for a while long before COVID as well. And you're like learning how to listen to yourself. So Mm -hmm. I love how Shayla and I both said, you know, I look at it. It's strategy. If it's four things, two of them are not happening. And so it's that awareness now of like, I'm coming from the purest of hearts, but I know socially, mentally, emotionally, I cannot do that. And so for me, it has now become like a strategy of, okay, what this is going to be social week. This is, mm-hmm. if I know this is happening, like birthdays are happening, holidays are happening, that's the week that I've already planned that I will be present. If yeah. it's on my down week or my recovering week, I can't do it. That's I cannot do it. So like yeah, it's that. now become like a strategy. Yeah, it's now become a strategy. We have to strategize this thing. But like, it's just like, Recovery, because I mean, it's like, 
my birthday just passed, my best friend's birthday, everybody's birthday, which just passed. Next week or the week after will be recovery week. Yeah. There will be no kiki sightings. <laughs> she will not be in the streets. She wasn't in the streets before, but she really won't be. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I love that all of you ladies are joining from the comforts of your home. Yes. <laughs> so you don't have to go anywhere. I was like, this is genius. <laughs> um, but I think I mimic what all of you guys have said. Um, and I've seen all of you guys out in, you know, different uh, capacities for well-planned outings. I think Kiki, we've run into Kiki a couple of times. We ran into her at Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> and at Sarah uh, Jakes Roberts. Sarah Jakes Roberts at the beginning of the year. Like, and all those things required recovery and pre-planning <laughs> and pre-planning. Um, so I love yeah. that. So Naya, as our licensed therapist, talk to us about the impact of isolation and what COVID has done to us. Absolutely. You know, I think that people lost so much in the pandemic, whether that was like the literal loss of like family members or friends or something a little bit more ominous, like the the loss of your sense of safety, the loss of your sense of social skills. Um, Some of those things aren't things that can heal very quickly. And so a lot of us are still navigating that, you know, even in this, the the year of our Lord 2023. And so I think um, the impact of isolation is that we really have to be intentional about, um, once again, strategizing, like has been mentioned on this call, but also um, just kind of the self-awareness to know, like, what kind of balance works best for you in terms of socializing and your alone time. Isolation is a very specific term. So that's like... um, something that is out of balance with your desires, out of balance with your lifestyle, out of balance with what you actually need in order to feel happy and healthy and whole. But solitude, you know, alone time, those are things that can actually be really helpful um, in this bounce back from this big years long pandemic that we've all just navigated. So last season we talked about kind of looking up and realizing that we were on kind of an island. Um, Shay, talk to us about like what kind of residual effects you've noticed from our period of isolation. So I want to speak on a point that you just made, Naya, about the loss of social skills. I am somebody who I would like, I would consider very social. I am an extrovert. I'm very, you know, I don't have a problem socializing. Um, My mom will tell you that I've never met a stranger, but it's been, it's been a little jarring to me how I'm still struggling there. Like I feel weird in crowds. Yeah, I do. Like, I really, really do. And I find myself, I like, and it's, it's something that I'm conscious of. Eye contact and the avoidance of it that's something that's like been developed in the last you know three four years i'm like they can't see me, they can't <laughs> see me. like it's literally you know it's just the regression of my social skills um when kiki said she was never really outside the complete opposite of that i used to run the streets a literal road runner this event <laughs> that event this social event concert on a Thursday night, you know, it was just a lot of stuff. And then it stopped. And I really have not been able to shake back. How about you, Kiki? What are some residual things that you're, you're realizing as you navigate back into social, social life? So I am a, I am an extrovert. 
have enjoyed solitude a bit. I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, <laughs> like it's fun. And so, but I also was at a point in life where I needed, because there was so much going on, like Shayla said, like you, you hustle and you're working. Like I wasn't, I wasn't in the streets, but like I was working in the streets, not like that, but just out here <laughs> hustling and doing all those things. But I'm just saying like, so from like, for so a good five to 10 years was like a lot of like, hitting that pavement. And so for me, I was already in a place in my own life where I needed to just sit down with myself. So when COVID happened, that actually was not perfect, but it was like perfect timing because I was already in that place of where I needed to sit in solitude and do some self-awareness and like figure some things out as far as like what you want the next course in your life to be. And so I could no longer use social engagements and like connections with other people as distractions for those three years. Like it has been a lot of self-awareness and rediscovering or really just discovering who Kiki is or who Nikita is and like what she wants and what she's striving for. And so like coming on that outside of that, the residuals for it is like now that I have this really strong connection and relationship with myself because I've been in solitude, now I'm like, okay, what are these connections and bonds that I want outside? And like, how do I get them with these new forms of social skills that we have of avoidance? And I don't want to really be with a whole bunch of people like that. I want it really intimate. And like, I'm noticing what I'm craving now is more smaller, intentional community and connection opposed to let me just be out here in the streets with everybody and everything. Like time is very limited for us. So yeah. being more intentional, like who I'm spending it with and why. So that's the residuals. Like it's the currency, my time is currency that I have. And so I'm very protective of like who I'm spending it with, why I'm doing it, where are we going to be doing it at. So I like that you use the word protective because I think that perfectly like wraps it up for me. I'm like super protective over both um, my time, but also my energy. Um, mm. Shayla and I had a discussion at the top of the year where um, I was like, listen, like I'm cool on getting back outside, but I no longer want to be in spaces that I dread. Like if the time comes and I'm just like, ugh. Do I really want to do that? Like, there's this a push that I have to do to, like, get myself out of the house. But then there's a dread. And, like, it's different. Like, some mm -hmm. is, like, I've just got to, like, work up the energy to, like, get dressed and do the things. But then there's, like, I feel obligated to be in this space. And I don't really want to be in that space. So I told her at the top of the year, I'm like, listen, folks can be mad. Like, that's okay. But, like... I no longer want to spend my time and my energy in spaces that I dread because we have a lot of spaces that we know that we enjoy, that we know yes. that we can go to and you're going to leave feeling a certain kind yes. of way. Yes. And right now I need that. Like I need yeah. those spaces. Um, and Kiki, like you said, those spaces for me, I'm realizing are the small, more intimate um, mm -hmm. spaces that allow us to kind of connect and like re engage it's almost like baby steps right i don't want to go out into the big crowds yet give me the small group gatherings um and i remember i was talking to one of my coworkers because that's the thing too like most of us that have gotten that return to work email it's not just social gatherings like now we have to go back into work and i was talking to one of my coworkers, and he was like you know i went out the other night 
And like, I had a really good time. And for once, it didn't feel like the world was closing in. And I was like, yo, I I totally um, agree with that. Um, Naya, what about you? Are you noticing any kind of residuals from that? Absolutely. And I think you all have spoken to a lot of it um, and what you've shared. So I'll just add like some really brief points. But one thing that I noticed happening for me during the pandemic was, um, you know, I'm an immune compromised person. And so I would be on social media and I would see these large gatherings of people sweating, dancing, having a good time. And I just remember this really big reaction of like, they do not care. People will do whatever they want, whenever they want, regardless of who could get sick in the midst of it or not. And that was really difficult for me during the pandemic. Like I didn't feel safe going anywhere to the grocery store, better yet to a nightclub or, you know, even mm-hmm. gathering friends was tricky because I don't know what you've been doing, you know, for the rest of your week. This could be, you know, something that gets me really like fatally sick. And so I really had to unlearn that. That a residual impact for me um, now, post-pandemic, now that people are vaccinated and we're trying to get back outside a little bit more, is like going into big environments and just having to breathe and reset and ground and say like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Anything yeah. that happens from here on out, I'll take my necessary precautions. Right. I believe that the spaces that I intentionally choose are going to be safe. Um, and I think that we all could probably navigate that a little bit better um, just in terms of our collective ability to look out for each other. And then the second thing is from like a developmental perspective, I don't know if you guys have realized this in your personal life, but one thing that's happening with a lot of friends of mine, myself, and even clients that I observed is that folks kind of missed a really key component of their development during the pandemic. And so folks who were in their early 20s are now in their late 20s and having to learn how to party with the 30 and plus crowd. And folks who were in their early 30s are now in their late 30s and they're having to kind of figure that out to be near people who are like closer to their 40s. And I think that, you know, um, those years in between are really pivotal parts of like our learning social skills, our learning how to interact in different environments. And folks who didn't get to navigate that at a natural pace are now having to speed through that. And that's kind of causing a little bit of Mm -hmm. an as well. That's actually a really good point, because I think we always think about the delay in developmental skills when we're talking about the kids that kind of miss school and that. I actually never thought about that in terms of adults. And I know, Kiki, you mentioned some of your more positive outcomes of uh, the isolation period. Shayla, did you have any positive? We know, you know, isolation gets kind of a bad <laughs> a bad rap. Um, but I like that Kiki pointed out that there were some good points of that downtime. Um, so, Shay, did you come across any positive um, things from that period? I think the relationships that were supposed to endure have become stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a new, a newfound, you know, appreciation and respect for those very specific relationships. Um, I'm grateful for what it did for my marriage. Um, I don't know if my husband and I would be where we are had we not had the test that we had. I mean, we were fairly newly married when we immediately went into isolation. So it was a lot of conversations. It was, it was a lot of development. And like Kiki mentioned in regards to self-awareness, you know what I mean? A lot of that kicks in when you are face to face with the individual day in and day out, you know, we, um, he transitioned to working from home. I transitioned to less hours at work. It was a lot happening at once. And I will say that in the beginning, not having to be like on a schedule or on a clock, it was nice. But I think mm-hmm. as time continued on for me, I just came to realize how much being social fed me. Mm-hmm. 
So then okay. that's something to think about again, right? Because was the amount of social I allowed to feed me compensating for some work I wasn't doing on me? Like those type, those are the type of things that kind of bubble up. And you're like, yikes, I got to sit in the mirror for a little while. I don't like this. So, you know, there are positives to it, but it was just, it was a pretty shocking time for me, but I am grateful for my friends, the people who helped me up. A lot changed during the pandemic. I learned a lot. Um, I don't think I'm coming out of the pandemic, you know, worse, just changed. Okay. So I like that you pointed out that while there were some things like developmental skills that may have kind of slowed for some of the married folks and, you know, those living with significant others, it fast tracked (laughs) a lot of your, uh, the years. Yeah. I just celebrated how many years? years. Five. 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 But technically because COVID is 10. Ten, Shayla, to piggyback off of you, I think I can honestly say, so in that mass of for individuals in relationships partnered in COVID, we had a breakup. We had a, uh, we did a separation, got our own places, did individual therapy, did couples therapy, had a getting back together and engaged in that time frame. A lot and of things. Also, listen, all, all, all of those Yeah. But that pandemic. That, that pandemic required you had to look each other in the face yeah. and have to say, this ain't working. Whatever yeah. it is, this is. This could be you as an individual. This could be us as a unit, as a couple. But we've been able to distract ourselves with so many yes. things that we mm-hmm. couldn't distract anymore because you're sitting right there in front of the other person. And so... For I know for for my relationship and for pending you know marriage like it was necessary like I for us to get to where we are as individuals and as a couple we had to sit down and have like that that reality conversation and also to realize we couldn't do the work on top of each other and trying to be responsible for the other person like we needed to not be responsible for each other and. Because when you love someone, you have to be responsible for them. Yeah. And so the pandemic required you to sit down and really say, I need some me time. I need to sit in solitude. And so that's when I say this solitude literally changed the trajectory of my entire life, professionally, emotionally. It really did. And so I look at it as, it, you know, for me, it was a positive. But now also, like Shayla said, I am changed. And so with me now being in this changed state, I have to get to learn what are those wants and desires and how I want to navigate it now. But baby, that that's a whole, what did the pandemic do for your relationship? It's a whole. I just want to, I just want to say one more quick thing. I was absolutely shocked to discover through, you know, navigating different situations with my husband and, um, and all that through the pandemic that I'm not perfect. I was shocked to find out that I wasn't perfect. <laughs> now I'm the problem. So, so I agree with you guys. I think for me, and I think probably with all of us on here, we're all very high performing. Um, so much like you guys, like I was used to like, go, go, go. Like I just told Shayla, I've just said last week, my son's football season ended yesterday. And I was like, oh, I'm so looking forward to the slowdown and the quiet. And then I scheduled a whole season of podcasts. And I was just like, oh, 
that didn't quite. <laughs> so for me, one of the benefits of that time period was just, I'm, I don't know how to rest. Like mm-hmm. if I'm not doing something, I feel like the ball is dropped somewhere. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to be doing something. I could be doing something with this time. So one of the benefits of it for me was just being able to kind of just sit down and like relax. I still was like doing things, but more like passion project kind of things. I got to create a lot because I was at home. I never slowed down on shopping, but that's another episode. (laughs) But like, (laughs) but I got to like really just sit and figure out the things that like I like and I enjoy. And as a mom, it's something that I talk about a lot, Um, especially as our kids get older. My sons are 23 and 21. And I'm always like, we've got to, in that transition period, figure out like who you are and like what you like. Like you can spit out everybody else's favorite color, hobbies, all of those things. But like when you try to name those things for yourself, it's kind of your little puzzle. So it did that for me. Um, It also did wonders on my savings account. (laughs) And I saved so much money. It gave me like insight on what my savings account could be, how great it could be. Um, mm-hmm. But Naya, how about you? What are some of the the benefits that you you gained? Yeah, of course. You know, I think um, each of you, in in terms of what you were sharing, said the same word multiple times, and that's insight. And I remember prior to the pandemic, I'm a big podcaster. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and so I remember like across genres, uh, astrologers, ministers, you know, faith leaders, um, entertainment leaders, everybody was like, 2020 is going to be a year of perspective. It's going to be this year of insight. Things are going to change. But specifically, astrologers were like, you know, if we look back at history and we look at charts and things like that, um, this is going to be a time, it's going to feel like time out. It's going to feel in some ways Mm -hmm. to sit and think. And I was like, oh, that'll be fun. You know me, I'm like, oh, that'll be like good self-reflection time. That'll be so great for everyone. Mm -hmm. But no, it wasn't in the ways that we expected. And so I think it made us all examine the things we want to stop doing, the things we want to start doing. All we could do was think many days. All we could do was be Mm -hmm. with ourselves. Um, And so that was one of the positive outcomes is that it really required everybody to do an inventory of the things that they would like to be able to continue to stop doing, maybe do differently in terms of, you know, their day-to-day lives. Um, But secondly, um, this is just on like a personal note, I had a huge career change during that time period, going from direct service in terms of a therapeutic environment, seeing individuals one-on-one to sort of more broadband initiatives. And I just feel like across the world, corporations, different organizations, they showed their hand. They had, Mm -hmm. this is what's important to us. And this is what we're willing to do to show you that this is important to us. And a lot of them did it well, and a lot of them did it poorly. And so I think that for so many people during the pandemic, it really gave them the time, in some cases, the flexibility, in some cases, the lack of flexibility to really have to stand by their morals and follow what they believed in from an occupational perspective as well. And I I was one of those people. Like Naya said, we pointed on a lot of um, reflectiveness. Um, And I think a lot of times we focus on 
um, self-love and self-care. It was one of the things that we had nothing but time to do um, during that timeout. But I think a lot of times that people may assume that community is not a part of the care for ourselves. Um, To me, fellowship is self-care. So let's talk about some of the benefits of community. Um, What have been some of the benefits that you're realizing you missed about being in community um, with others as you're now reconnecting? We'll start with you, Kiki. I realized that a lot of my, not a lot, a few of my friendships that didn't make it didn't make it because it lacked something and I couldn't put a word to it. I didn't know what it was, but I couldn't put a word to it. So within the last few weeks, me and uh, my best friend, Tyranny, we've been kind of like having conversations about like, you know, we were able to go home, we celebrated each other's birthday and like our reflection time after that was like, the thing that has been missing since we left home was the community. The community has been missing. And so like, what does that actually mean? Community is a space where you, there's, there's this energy that refuels you, that charges you. We're, we're, we're growing each other, whether it is, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, and then that's something I wanna do. How can we work together? It's also a place that you can go. It's a curated space where you can go to and just, it, it gives you life. It, it's, there's no other way to say it. And so the, the connections that I had that were just like, hey, let's just go out and let's party or let's just do this. They didn't make it because it wasn't fueling me. And so for me, community is a refuel. And it's this curated space of these connections with individuals for various reasons that it just, you just thrive in it. You just, it just gives you life. And so what I'm learning now is community looks different. I have several different communities and it doesn't necessarily have to be where you reside. And so for a lot of, for a few people like myself, I was always already working remotely before COVID. So I didn't, I wasn't in the office. I, I had already had my office at home and all of those things, but I still was looking for things that were gonna help me with my professional growth and just kind of learning things. And so I've had to, you know, find various ways that I could connect and curate that community professionally without having to be in an office setting. And that's whether that's finding a mentor or finding, you know, just people like, hey, I like what you're doing. I'd love to learn more about that. And so for me, community is a place that refuels you and charges you, but it also is something that can be virtual. It's also something that can be in other cities. It can be, and you can have several different ones. So the the definition of community has definitely changed, but it, it means so much and I didn't even realize it. How about you, Naya? Any um, things that you've realized that you've kind of missed as you reconnect? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Kiki, for sort of giving us like a definition of community. That was really beautiful and poetic. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that um, as an introvert and somebody who deeply values community and it's so meaningful to me, um, I really was able to define what community could mean for me in terms that worked for me. I feel like before there was one standard set of community and it meant showing up in person for people, showing up often in large crowds and being very like hyper vocal. But I feel like during the pandemic, other forms of accessibility to community became more available, like virtual mm-hmm. settings, maybe even like um there was a peak in letter writing. I don't know if you guys realize that, but even with some of my clients and friendships and things like that, people were writing letters more often, texting more often, things like that. And so that became one way to kind of show affection to the people that I care about that wasn't so rooted in being there, talking, 
like performative spaces that we often feel obligated to exist within. So that was a personal benefit. But I also realized that a lot of systems that we naturally exist in community within, like workspaces, churches, things like that, had to appeal to other audiences in order to, you know, maintain their viability. And so um, I think there was a huge accessibility push across the world, and that really helped to include folks in communities that might normally be left out of communities as well. Everybody has already said pretty much everything that I I could possibly say. In particular, I like how Kiki used the word, like, it fuels you. Um, I am the type of individual that all I need is a space and my people, and we can spend hours together laughing, crying, just so many different things. Like I, I feel like my, my community is therapeutic. Like mm-hmm. these people, like I'm super safe with these people. Like my community knows things about me, like, you know, that really matter to me. So just as far as what community means to me at this point, absolutely everything. And it's small too. I used to have a lot going on, but it's very, very small. It's super intentional. And, mm-hmm. and that's what's working best for me right now. Like I don't have the, I don't have the range or the bandwidth to maintain 50,000 different things at one time. I just like how concentrated it's become. I love, I like how, um, I like that Kiki said that, you know, it gives you life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think while I welcomed the slowdown and the time, I always welcome time, um, by myself. <laughs> There are like those times where like I go somewhere and I get together with, as you you all said, like my people. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, this feels like incredible. And it almost like puts a battery in your back. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, I can go out here and do all the things like it's just it's what, as you all said, it's kind of what fuels me. Um, And then as Naya pointed out as well for work wise, um, again, I welcome being at home (laughs) and not having to commute and kind of go into the office every day. But as we're returning to work and we just shifted from one day to three days, it's just crazy because even though when we're in there only one day, like everybody's mood is so amazing. Like everybody's like, Hey, how you been? What you been doing? Are you good? Like everybody is just so pleasant and so friendly. We don't get no work done. (laughs) <laughs> on, that day, on that one day, ain't no work happening. Social interaction um, day. Yeah, right. but it's there's it's laughter. It's not a place of high stress right now until we get back to more days. But at least that one day, it wasn't that place of kind of high stress. It was more of one of my coworkers was like, I'm tired of sitting in the basement. Like, what y'all doing? <laughs> I'm right. here to hang out with y'all. So um, I agree. So you guys have used the word introvert and extrovert. At times during during these these conversations, how do you balance socializing and kind of time for yourself? So I'm mixed. I so am, you're a, you're an introverted extrovert. No, I think I'm an extrovert with introvert tendencies. tendencies. Okay. <laughs> so like I I know like I'm, I'm a sociable person. I like people, mm-hmm. um, but I also like me and my time and space. And so for me, it for me, it goes back to the strategy. It is, what do I want to do? Like, what? Are, how am I intentionally showing up? Um, and then when I have reached my max of doing so, I know that I need to take a step back. I need to take some time for me to not necessarily 
engage. So there just needs to be a healthy balance of like, I'm stepping in, in, even when you're home and you're on social media, like we've had to learn how to do that too. Cause sometimes I'd be like, I'm sick of it. And like, for me, this is work also. And so listen, I don't want to delete the app. I don't, I don't want to see nobody's nothing. I don't want to see a feed. I don't want to comment. And so I know that I have to, I've put the timer on my phone. You have X amount of time for the day. So at least I'm aware that you've been scrolling for X amount, whether you've been scrolling or posting or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you, you, you're doing here to work. But when the time is up, you need to take a break. Because it's like at some point you have to have some form of like disconnection for you to recharge, to refuel. Mm -hmm. Like that for me is really big. And so for me, it always has been necessarily strategy of like when I show up, I'm showing up. But I, and then when I'm having my time where I need to like not have the phone on, not be on social media, like that helps. I can't always be connected. There has to be some form of disconnect, which actually helps me show up better because you're getting the lively Kiki. You're getting the Kiki who's actually really wanting to have a conversation with you. Yeah. You don't want dry Kiki, which there is a dry Kiki where I'm like, I'm done. Just see I'm tapped out. And mm-hmm. right, and my fiance will be like, fix your face. I need you to. I'm, like, I'm done. I'm, having those moments of disconnect is good. Yeah. I So I, I laugh because your fiance is like my Shayla. <laughs> because for me, I I don't know whether I'm an introvert or extrovert. I really don't know. Um, I enjoy time to myself. Um, and Shayla tells me sometimes, like, okay, Jay, we got to go people. Like, it's time <laughs> to go people today. <laughs> and I just be like, do we have to go people? Uh, but then at the same time, I also, I do enjoy people. Yeah. Um, so it's just been figuring out, like, the people that I enjoy mm-hmm. and, like, what it is about certain people or places or spaces or energies that I don't enjoy and like figuring mm-hmm. out like what that is. Because I, I noticed that I can kind of not really isolate, but I was telling one of my girlfriends the other day, like I have my people and like, that's mm-hmm. who I want to people with. Like yes. my people <laughs> is who I <laughs> want to people with. So like when you get out in these open spaces or even like if Shayla and I go somewhere or if a group of us go somewhere, like I'm with that group of people, like my people, even though we're in this larger kind of area. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been trying to like figure out how to balance that. Um, Because in my head, I'll be like, oh, I'm being social. I'm out here. And it's really like, no, you out here with these five people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That you always are with. Yeah, that you're always with. So like, does does that count? What about you, Shay? How do you balance kind of being social and like time for yourself? So I think what I've discovered is a big part of the reason why I spent a lot of time, you know, kind of running the streets and going here and going there is rooted in a little bit of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. So much, uh, that's a much, that's a much deeper conversation for a different time. But like, I think that I used to carry a lot of guilt when I wasn't in places. It was very important to me to make sure that you always saw me there, like showing up for you, like I'm like I'm there, like I am there. I'm going to sacrifice my time, whatever it takes, I'm going to show up. And I think, you know, to kind of maybe even flip back to your earlier question about the positives, that 
the the sit down and the shutdown has caused me to reexamine why my desire to always be there and show up like what is that all about like what is you know like what does that mean so to answer your question now i think it's in flux like i'm in limbo with figuring out how to balance it but i think i'm kind of doing a good job because i don't go to everything anymore Mm. But I think um, I'm still navigating the guilty feelings about it. Oh, uh, like I want to get to a place when I talk about balance, I want to get to a place where I'm like, I'm not coming. And that's it. I don't have another feeling about it. That's like, that's just So in regards to balance and I'm working on it, I'm getting there like four (laughs) events a month. I'm only going to two, baby. And that's not quite the answer to your question, but that's as close to an answer as I have about it right now. You know, I think that's I think that's a great answer and it's a real answer. Like sometimes yeah. we ain't got an answer. Like sometimes like it just is what it is and here's where I'm at and this is what I got and I'll let you know <laughs> when I figure it out or when we I work. find the answer. So Naya, how about you? How do you balance socializing and your self time? Absolutely. Um so there's a, a a lot of ambiguity um on the call, but I know I know for a fact that I'm an introvert um, mm-hmm. and it shows up every time I socialize in any arrangement. My parents tell me stories of me being like two or three years old and leaving my birthday party <laughs> to go upstairs and take a nap because Done. I was fed up with Like, well, this has been fun. This has been wonderful. Thank you for showing up. And it's time now for me to go and have my alone time. And so it's something that I feel I was born with and that I'm very (laughs) proud of and that I've had to own um, in my adult life. Because if not, it prevents that strategy that we spoke about before. And then I try to pretend to be something that I'm not. And I end up being Mm -hmm. exhausted giving people that stale face that was mentioned before and really operating in ways that I'm not proud of. And so by owning it, I can then plan for it. Um, and that balance for me shows up in just kind of knowing my social battery and knowing the cues that show up for me physically, show up for me emotionally, maybe even in terms of how I engage in different conversations. Because I, too, feel fueled by social time. It's just that I need a lot less of it in order to feel fueled than other folks do. Um, and so after about two and a half hours, three hours, whatever event that I'm at, I'm like, all right, I'm winding down. And one thing that I'm really grateful for is that in the pandemic and in some ways before the pandemic, I found myself surrounded by people who understood that. And so mm-hmm. actually in an event recently, my best friend and I were at um, a housewarming in DC and we went and I was having a great time and it was wonderful. And then she looked over and she was like, I think your social battery is dying. And when I really did that self-assessment, I was like, oh, she's right. Like I was starting kind of like check out a conversation. I was looking at the stars. I was, I was go home. And so um, we created a plan from there. Like, okay, we're gonna give it about 20 more minutes. You're gonna wait for them to exchange gifts and then we'll be out. Yeah. And so I think one thing that friends can do is kind of have those cues with one another mm-hmm. and share what your friends need in social spaces so that you can encourage them and kind of offer them opportunities to engage socially, but also give them opportunities to have their one-on-one time when it's required as well. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. an exit strategy, baby. Yes. I love an exit strategy. Yeah, because when you're with when you're with extroverts or very sociable people, like probably myself and Shayla, you gotta have it. Yes. So like I am the extrovert who's a little mixed, but my my fiance is definitely more the introvert with a little bit of extrovert ability. So she'll give that look like she'll be like, Okay, wrap it up because she knows she's gonna have to say that to me at least three times. Because I'm gonna be talking. <laughs> I'm gonna get a whole conversation. She's like, you don't know how to leave. And it's mm-hmm. like, and I have to understand 
dang, okay. Now and now that I am changing or have changed and I'm craving more of my own space and my own time, now I understand, oh, this is why she wanted to go. Because when you're ready to check out, you are looking at the stars or you're zoning out. And so I'm being more aware because previously before, and still a little bit like, because I get so much of that energy when I'm in sociable settings, if I'm with people who are like, this is a good crop of folks. Like we are having, we have a conversation and the energy is just bouncing. It's going to be very hard to pull me out. And so having that extra strategy of like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to where I'm ready to go. So go ahead and make your rounds. Shayla said where she's trying to get away from the guilt. Mine was a little bit opposite. I had the, the FOMO. Mm. I was fearing I was missing out if I didn't attend anything and everything. Mm. And so now that, you know, we've come to this point of like, it's okay if you don't attend. Like the world didn't end. You could see the recap if you were meant to be there or you were meant to receive something for it. It would have happened. And so for me, that's been a, a thing that I had to battle was like, I don't necessarily have the guilt, but it was the FOMO. But now I'm at the point of like, it's right. Like, I saw Beyonce this year. Nothing else needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else needs to happen. I don't need to go anywhere else. And even me and her, after this movie, our time, we good too. Yeah. Can yeah. I ask that just from like a therapeutic sure. perspective, I think, and couples, friend groups, all of the different groups that we exist within, I think understanding each other's like social meter or like that social battery is really important, but it's also important. Um, and one thing that we kind of learned from COVID to know what activities fuel each other as well. So mm-hmm. for me, as much as I don't like to be around people, I'm kind of a thrill seeker. Like I want to go to an amusement park. I want to do something fun, go kart. If we could jump out of planes and do like the parachuting thing, that would be fun for me. Um, hiking, fitness things, like these high adrenaline mm-hmm. activities I love to do. My friends are like, girl, sometimes we just want to watch a movie. <laughs> things that require very low energy. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, sure, I can do that too. You know, I can kind of learn to balance. And so I think um, we've learned these self-care practices that work for ourselves. But as we exist mm-hmm. more and more in the community, we really have to learn what happens um, when we're doing these self-care activities with one another. Right what each person needs in order to feel full yeah. afterwards as well. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So as we're approaching the season of SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder, is that what it is, Naya? Okay. Um, so as we're approaching that, how can we tell Naya when we're just kind of withdrawing to recharge, to have some, you know, self-time or even some time with God? How do we know when it's that versus a potential deeper issue, like potentially sad or some kind of like depression, functional depression? How do we know what are some red flags? Of course, of course. Yeah. So I think that's a really important distinction to make. And like per the DSM, which is like the big book that we use in order to be able to diagnose some of these uh, more chronic disorders, mm-hmm. um, in order for a diagnosis to be a diagnosis, it has to have an impact on your quality of life. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to show up at work, you're able to continue to engage socially with people who are meaningful to you, you still feel some sense of optimism more days than not, then it might not be something that's as you know significant of a problem as it may seem like based on media or other representations of what seasonal affective disorder is. It might just be you getting what you need, which is more rest as, you know, I don't know, the sun is setting over here now. I don't know if it's doing the same for you all, but as we get shorter days, as the days are cooler, it's really a part of our like 
physiological system to go slower, to do less, and to mm-hmm. kind of go inward. And that's not something that's really concerning unless it's impacting your quality of life. If more days than not, you are feeling sad, you have this longing, it's really difficult for you in order to um, you know, make meals for yourself, in order to do things that um, we have to do routine-wise in order to stay healthy, um, that might be something worth talking to a professional about. But if it's something that afterwards you feel good, you're able to start the next day afresh, and um, that solitude has a functional purpose for you, then I don't think it's as big of a concern as seasonal affective disorder. Um, Now, there are some people who really struggle with that, and they do feel, um, you know, a sense of sadness, despair, guilt unnecessarily, um, and they might feel it more days than not during the colder months. Um, That might be something we're talking to a professional about. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, So, Kiki and Shayla, I know that we've talked kind of about the ebbs and flows of motivation, um, as we're trying to get back into the rhythm <laughs> of being creators and being bloggers and being, you know, podcast hosts and all of the other many things on our plate. Um, how have you found, how have you been able to kind of revigorate those passions and kind of get back into the swing of things? And we'll start with you, Shay. So right now, my goal is to kind of really ramp things up for myself, January, February of 2024. I've really just taken a step back, just working on um, more than anything, kind of formulating a plan to decide what I really even want to do here, Um, what I want to talk about here. One thing that I love so much about Jamie and her platform is she always talks about how fashion is the carrot that's dangling. It's so much more deeper than that. And, you know... I, um, I'm kind of in the same space where I just really want to really, uh, triangulate on specifically what I'm trying to convey. Um, I'm definitely thinking and leaning more into my monumental style project. Um, I definitely am leaning more to, uh, marital content. Um, I kind of feel I'm in a comf- I'm in a comfortable space where I can talk about marriage at five years. Like, I feel like now I have something to offer. I mean, you have something to offer 60 days after you've been married, but like, Five years post-pandemic, I could talk to you about some things. I have information for you, okay? Um, so that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of where I, I am with it. I definitely, I love fashion. I love a rag. Me and Jamie talk about clothes all the time. So I'll never really get away from that. But I just have a deep, deep desire to be just more meaningful, more mm-hmm. useful, more uh, intentional, and just more purposeful. Like, like like it just has to me and Jamie talk about this all the time it just has to be more so thinking about what I want to do what I want to see and how I can show up in that space is kind of what's reinvigorating my um creativity because what's happening now overall and in general in the social media space isn't anything that excites me um because I kind of feel like everybody's kind of doing the same things over and over again and nothing is really helpful like yes you can buy these shoes from here but if you and your spouse are struggling, I have tools that I can maybe share with you. I'm not telling you it's a guarantee, but I I learned some things. So that's kind of where I am with my creativity, more um, into the, the useful and meaningful space. And I want to have a platform that I'm proud of. I love that. And I totally agree. I think all of us always am like fashion is just the bait. Like mm. fashion is kind of that, that thread that like 
weaves through all of our lives. But I think that all of us have so much more to offer. And like, if we stop at the surface of those things, I think that those around us really miss out on what, you know, our individual kind of experience um, and talents and skills are. Um, Shayla, I remember you said something to me one day. We were talking about, I think we were talking about confidence, but just like kind of women empowerment and things in general. And you had made a comment of, oh, they think it's these clothes. And it was so, I was just like, that really is what it is. People really think it's the clothes. And it's like, no, we have so much more to offer than just these clothes. Like, yes, girl, we are cute. We are going to show up. We are going to put it on. But there's so much more that comes from the experiences that we've had, the stories that we have. Um, Mm -hmm. That really is how and why we show up the way we do. So I love that. And I I look forward to all of us kind of tapping into that and figuring that out. Um, Kiki, what about you? What are you, how are you reinvigorating some of your passions? All of us, it's the evolution. Mm-hmm. And that's what we understand as creatives. Because um, we all stepped in as fashion bloggers. Mm-hmm. Fashion is a, it is a medium that we use. As a storyteller, it's a form of storytelling. It was what initially was needed um, for me as a, as I say, I'm a retired stylist, but um, it was initially how I got my foot in the door and it, it opened up my eyes that it's more than just clothes. And so as you continue as a creative of, you know, expanding and knowing more about yourself, your creativity is going to expand and the different ways and the different mediums that you want to use to tell your story and continue on your soul mission, uh, which has been like my, my key is like, I'm now on my soul mission. I am a storyteller. It is my job as a storyteller that I am going to create platforms where people who are underserved and undervalued where they can have a voice. So for me, whether that is going to be in the fashion as aspect as a plus size black woman, like people are not used to seeing bodies that are size 24 and up looking good, looking stylish, being desirable. Like that is still a form of storytelling, but that also for me is like, as a brand and marketing strategist, I, I'm also interested to say, okay, how other ways can I, tell stories, whether that's going to be in documentaries, whether that's going to be in writing more, whether that's going to be more in producing. And so like, that's where my creativity is now is like, I have stories that I want to tell. There are people that I'm connected to, I want to tell their stories. And so I'm in the space of like, creating these platforms to be able to do so. For me, I I had a moment where I was like, dang, all I know is clothes, like, and I'm bored with it. Yeah. And so I had to dig deeper on like, okay, You're saying you're bored with this, but what does that mean? Because yes. like you you're 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 like not even aware of the effect and the empowerment that you have by just showing up. And so it's still like we're still gonna always like put on the rag and look good and share it because it's still necessary. Yeah. There's still someone that needs to see, yes, I'm a woman who is forty one years old and I am married to a woman and we live here and we do these things and be able to add in the story of like the relationship, but also to look at us in this outfit and we look cute. So it's like it's the carrot. It gets the attention. Yeah. But now that I have your attention, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. And so like that was that was that's where I am is like, okay, I have the attention. And so like me having to connect more with my soul mission 
which is storytelling and creating these platforms. Like everything is centered around that. And it took me mm -hmm. a long time to realize what my purpose was. And going through COVID and like, you know, having the dream job, but then also getting laid off, like I could easily go back out and get another job. But I was like, listen, you're in this space and the Lord has taken care of y'all. You're not, y'all haven't, you're not sitting in these soup lines. I really yeah. need you to connect with what is it that you're here for? And so yeah. now that I have a hold of that, like that's the thing that gets me up in the morning. That's the thing that gets me hitting the pavement of like, bet. I love that. I love that you pointed out that you kind of reached your your tipping point. Because uh, I think we can all kind of relate to that. I have told my sister several times, like, yo, I'm tired of selling stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be selling people. Like, I've worked. Now, don't don't get me wrong. It was a fun time. I had a great time. Mm -hmm. I've worked with some amazing brands. Um, I've been able to help them roll out several different initiatives. And it was a great time. But I think, like you, I kind of reached that point where I'm like, okay, this has got to be something else to this. And I think you made right. a good point of fashion for a lot of us was kind of the entryway. We saw it happening mm -hmm. around us and we all wanted to be a part of it. Like, oh, okay, this is great. And not to say that everybody can't do something because, you know, there are 11 million bread makers. Like <laughs> there are tons of, right. you know, sameness. Um, but like I said before, like, I think that that was just very surface for me. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was that battle because I'm like, but I love fashion. Like yeah. I love these clothes. I love sharing mm -hmm. deals and I love sharing style. And I love um, what fashion has allowed me to do because a lot of the ways that I've been able to connect with women and a lot of the women I've um, been able to meet have all started from fashion. So for me, I, I've added it to, as a tagline to my um, logo is that fashion has a purpose in my purpose. Exactly. But for me, it's like, that. but it's not my purpose. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, it's one I of the tools. To, but like you, it took me a minute and it took a lot of fighting <laughs> to mm. get to that kind of realization. But uh, Naya, what about you? I know I have in my notes that you like yoga. Um, I do. And that, so how are you finding kind of reinvigorating some of your passions? Absolutely. Um, one, it's just like on my heart to share. I am so inspired by the three of you and thank you so much for Aww. sharing stories and the, the, the passion that you find in storytelling. And really there are so many people who are using content and using um, the platforms that they've worked really hard to, to establish, but they're using it in ways that aren't centered around community that aren't centered around well-being. They're not centered around anybody's good and so to know that you all really center that in the work that you're doing, it's really touching. So thank you. Um, thank conversations you. like these help me to yeah. feel reinvigorated. Conversations with other women, with other Black women centered around wellness are a really big part of what keeps me passionate and wanting to move forward in terms of the work that I do. But on a yoga front, um, that's actually something that I did pick up during the pandemic. So just at home, feeling stuck all the time, stiff, sitting at a desk all day. Um, I was like, you know what, I have to do something to get moving. And so um, it was easily accessible. It wasn't something that required any equipment in order to be able to do. And so I found YouTube videos and I just got going. And it's something that I do like three or four times a week now. And I found a Black-owned yoga studio nearby. And so that's another sense of community for me as well. Nice. Um, 
and it's something that um, as a practice, I really prefer to do instead of just like cardio or things like that, because it requires that reflection piece that we spoke to before Mm -hmm. and it strengthens that as a discipline. So yeah, I love yoga. I could go on for days about that. (laughs) I love yoga too. I've, I've picked up a couple of um, yoga classes. I'm trying to convince Shayla to do aerial yoga with me. Okay. And she's, she's convinced that we're going to break a hip. (laughs) She's like, girl, no. But yeah. I found a place, y'all. I found a place. So 2024, it's on the list. We doing aerial yoga. Yes, it actually alleviates the tension. It's supposed to make the tension less because yes. you're, you're, you know, sort of floating. You're being supported by the, the supports. So I low-key feel like y'all are jumping me. <laughs> There's also a twerk yoga, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. See? Now, have you See? yoga to the Andre 3000 flute? Record yet? I, I have not, but I I look forward to it. I have, okay. I have meditated. I have just like really been with the music since it just dropped a few days ago. But you know okay. what? That's a perfect album for yoga. Yeah, let us know how that goes. Hey, I will. So let's kind of um circle back. Let's talk about some resources and solutions. Um, we love to kind of leave people with some takeaways. Naya, one thing that you said um mm. on the panel that you were on that like stuck with me and I was like, I want to talk to her more. (laughs) On a panel, you said something about therapy not always being the answer and that it's one solution. But can you elaborate on that for me? Of course. Yeah. Um, You know, one thing I think each and every therapist of color really has to come to grips with and really be clear about in their practice is that the way that the healthcare system has set therapy up for many of us is deeply colonized and it's very, it actually can perpetuate harms for a lot of folks. And so if you're not clear about that in terms of your own personal understanding and how you educate your clients, you could perpetuate those harms further. And that's something that I've never wanted to do in my practice or in terms of my advocacy work either. And so an acknowledgement of that, one of the things that you can offer is that therapy is one of many, many, many options that folks can use in order to access wellness for themselves. And so some of the other options, if you kind of think of like yourself as your whole self and you think of like the different dimensions of self, like spiritually, physically, financially, occupationally, emotionally, psychologically, those are things too. But if you think about all of those dimensions, you can probably identify like one or two things that you can do for wellness in each of those. And so as opposed to just being like, I'm in a rut, I need therapy, which is one option. And if you absolutely seek therapy, I encourage it. I'm a therapist. But there's lots of other things that you can do as well as sort of like self-care or DIY tools in order to prioritize your wellness. Some of those do involve community as well. So social well-being is also a part of your well-being. And so you might look into healing circles or spaces like this, just like I mentioned before, have been really inspiring to me or just setting up a group call with your girlfriends. Or if you notice that there's a few your job developing an affinity group. You know, there's so many things that you can do in order to really center yourself. I've been doing yoga. Some people practice other forms of physical fitness um, or physical movement. Joyful movement is another way that you mm-hmm. can your wellness. Um, book clubs, meditation. There's so many different practices that you can use just to kind of um, identify one, but also improve different elements of your well-being that don't involve the very like clinical practice of therapy. Um, that's one practice. It's one of many. Um, and one thing that's been really helpful is that there's a lot of like online screening tools so that you can mm-hmm. use those to see if it's time to go and see a therapist or not. One of my favorites is um, screening.mha.gov. 
national.org. Um, and they have 11 different screenings. And it's been really helpful in order to assist people and identifying if they might be having a problem with anxiety or depression or maybe some trauma showing up. And if you score highly on that, they provide other alternatives um, that can assist folks in getting connected to the supports that they might need um, that include therapy and a bunch of other tools as well. I love that. I love that. I think you know, we're all connected in social media land and, you know, everybody loves to give, you know, mental health advice and everybody's like, you know, you're not in therapy, then you're not doing it right. And um, so I love kind of that clarity. Um, I also love the idea of being able to, you know, go test for some things and just see what it is that you need. I think a lot of times we try to fit everybody in this one box. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that is why that kind of stood out for me. It also re- reminded me of having that conversation with kind of the older generation mm-hmm. who didn't have access to some of the tools that we have now and telling them to go to therapy. is yes, like yes. pulling teeth. Yes. Yeah, it's like pulling teeth. So when you said that, I was just like, oh, that's actually a really good point and could be helpful in getting some of them, some of the tools and resources that they need that may not come, you know, by way of, you know, the therapy we all know. So I love that. Yeah. I also want to add, like, in terms of therapy, there are hundreds of different types of therapy. There's, you know, millions of types of therapists. And so... Um, folks think of it as like this one really distinct path, but there's also therapists that offer like at the top of the year, you have New Year's resolutions or you have goals, come check in with me. I can help you identify some strategies to get there, some things that you might want to implement. And then we don't talk to each other anymore. There's therapists that do short-term therapy where you do sort of like boot camp for a lack of better words for six weeks. And then you get kind of some skills down, you navigate whatever you're experiencing in healthier ways, and then it's over. And then there's you know longer form therapies that we're more familiar with that could go on years and years and years, and that's perfectly fine too. Yeah. But no matter what sort of uh, strategy you use, no matter what domain you decide to enter in terms of your wellness, just know that even within each of those, there's a variety of options available to you. The most important thing is just to start, to give yourself one opportunity to sort of prioritize your wellness and to do something. Even if you hate it, you say, okay, I did it. I hate it. I'll try again in a different way. This is one thing that I liked about that thing that I tried. This is one thing I dislike about that thing that I tried and kind of using that to inform how you move forward with your self-care in the future. So Shay and um, Kiki, um, what are some things that have helped you kind of return to community? I really already had like a strong desire uh, to do it, to return community. So what that looked like for me, I had to understanding that I am a leader and the community that I'm seeking, I may be in charge of actually bringing it together. together. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I've been waiting uh-huh. for somebody else to do it. And I was like, oh, oh, y'all waiting on me. And so like that oh, has you. been, oh, it's me. Yeah, that's been something that like I'm working on. So that's what 2024 will be for me is like curating what that looks like and how we're gonna do it and put into action. And so while I'm like working up to that, I love how Maya said, like, there's different forms of therapy. For me, I knew that my therapist, I needed something a little bit more. I need a little bit more like life coaching mm-hmm. opposed to like therapy. So my therapist is also a life coach as well. I needed like major pain of therapy Bouquet. and life coaching. Bouquet. Yeah, like exactly. you don't have to. 
You're going to have to talk to me reckless. You can't come mm-hmm. in here and like woo-woo me. You're going to have to talk to me like reckless. Like that's the only time that I listen. Um, so that was something that I required. I also take more of a little holistic approach to things. So I do energy cleansing and Reiki services and I have readings done. Like I need to pull some cards. Let me know what the spirits are talking about. I charge up my crystals at night too when the moon is full. So it's, it's been a balance of, but I also have time with the Lord in the morning. So my morning regimen is like journaling and we have prayer and, you know, go, I have to do, you know, some fresh air. So I go for a walk. So having my morning regimens, having my crew together, which is my life coach slash therapist slash major pain, but then also like dealing with the holistic, um, those are the things that are helping like build my energy up for like this next era of building this community and stepping into the spaces that I'm meant to be in and like making things pop. How about you, Shay? What are some tips that have helped you? Well, um, one of the first words that came to mind was desire. So I Mm -hmm. do have a desire to get back out and about, you know, I love people. I find value in people. What I'm reemerging with though, is a new way that I curate things. So mm-hmm. I think I was a little bit open with my community before and it's yeah. a narrow way <laughs> now. So yeah. I, you know, I, I missed the social aspect of it. I miss being out and about. I miss um, just connecting with people. I enjoy people thoroughly. Um, and I think that that's a big thing is pushing me back out there for sure. Just wanting to be around the people especially those that I specifically have developed relationships with and have gotten tighter. Like I really look forward to being with them. So that's kind of where I'm at. How about you, Naya? Uh, What are some things that have helped you kind of navigate back into community? Yeah. You know, I think, I don't know. um, I'll be really transparent about my age. Like I turned 30 this past year. And so baby, thank you. (laughs) Um, there's a really distinct like line in the sand for me mm-hmm. around community that mm-hmm. was like before I really felt like I had to engage in everybody else's world in ways that made them comfortable and that mm-hmm. was convenient for them in ways that might have shrank my needs and my desires. Mm-hmm. And when that moment happened, it was like, no, no more, no more of that. I actually have to be able to engage in communities in ways that work for me and feed my needs and fill my needs as well and my desires. And so you guys are speaking to desire. And I think that's so beautiful. And I aspire to get to a a consistent space of desire for community. But I think a first step for me is like ownership and just Mm -hmm. feeling um, the communities that I exist within also prioritize the needs that I have because I'm also part owner in those. I'm not just someone's kind of like asset in the community there for their use Mm -hmm. and consumption. I'm there also to participate um, and need to be on the table as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I don't mean to cut time, but I just wanted to say, I agree with you a thousand percent, Naya. Like you just said, you really, you verbalized a feeling I had. Mm. You literally verbalized the feeling I have. It was just, it was, I was like, why is she, why? My mouth isn't moving, but I'm talking. (laughs) Like, thank you for that. That was perfect. Oh my God. I love that because, you know, we talk about I will enter 40 next year. I think Kiki just walked Ooh. into 40. Hey, Shayla no, no, no. just She's walked 41. In. She's 41. Oh, okay, 41. <laughs> and then Shayla, 40s now. 
Shayla <laughs> has recently entered the 40s as well. And I think that there are things that come with the different Absolutely. eras. And I think that that is very much one um, that comes with your 30s. So I, I love that. And you'll see it starts to get stronger the closer, the, oh. the longer you're in it. And congratulate you, Naya, at being 30 and already having that awareness. Awareness. But like Jamie said, it's really going to like continue to be like stepping stones. Like 35 for me. So not saying across the board was kind of like a little bit, a little, there's a little anxiety and pressure. But when that 40 comes, like when you enjoy this, this, this time that you're in, but this awareness and this click that you have, like it's on the cusp when you're at 39, but with that 40, I don't know when the TikTok hits, but when it happens, it's like, it's like Cinderella, you morphed into like, I'm pretty sure this is a family show. It's the F at 40. And it's really just like, if it does not align, like you really put yourself at the nucleus, you're the middle. And for black women, because we spend the majority of our lives not being that, to have this awareness that I am at the center of this thing. And I make the rules and decisions on what's coming in and out. And if it does not serve and benefit me, and not in like a selfish type of way, but just if it does not serve and benefit me, it has no place. That clicks and everything, the way you navigate in the world is centered around that formula. But it's something about like that cusp of 39, that 40, as soon as that clock ticks, it's like you're, you put yourself at the middle and it's like, God, if we could just have this awareness. And Kiki, I want to say, I want to say in regards to like you said, it's not selfishness, but Kiki, I'm getting a little bit comfortable with the word selfish. I'm, I don't know. I kind of, I wrap myself in that just a little bit. I like that. Much like you said, um, when you turn, when I turned 30, it was a a switch flipped. Um, but when I turned 40, it was like, you know, selfish in the way that I'm going to take care of myself. Yeah. I will not prioritize anything, you know, outside of myself, above myself. You know, I'm going to always make sure that I'm good. And, and to people who are not kind of journeying through things or trying to kind of grow and develop, they will say, oh, you're being so selfish. But no, I'm just kind of laser focused on what's best for me. Because as long mm-hmm. as I'm doing what's best for me, then I can give you the best of me. You know what I mean? I have somebody who relies heavily on my emotional well-being, you know, with my spouse. Like we bounce off of each other. You know, yes. I have I, I got to take care of that because I can't be in nearly what I need to be for him if I'm not everything for me. Yes. So yeah. be selfish. I love that. Be yeah. selfish. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, I think for me, um, one of the things that is helping me is just identifying, I won't call them good spaces because I, maybe there are bad spaces, but identifying the spaces that are good for me. Let me just mm-hmm. say that. Um, and doing more of that. And so some of that is, you know, certain types of events. Like we all ran into each other at the um, Sarah Jakes Roberts Women Evolve tour. Um, Shayla and I ran into Kiki at Beyonce. Um, one of my other girlfriends, me and her did Vegas uh, with Usher for our birthdays. Like yeah. getting myself out now kind of looks like, okay, where am I going? What am I getting from where I'm where I'm going, um, and just being intentional um, about that, and then kind of figuring it, figuring it out as you go. I think Naya mentioned something before too, like trying certain things. 
And you can try it and be like, yeah, that didn't really do it for me. And, you know, kind of go about your business. One of my other things is um, fitness for my birthday last year. Yeah, last this year. I'm sorry. Um, we did a 5K to kick off my birthday. Like, and then... And then we did mimosas, but we did the 5K first. <laughs> you balance. We needed the mimosas. We needed, we needed the mimosas. Balance. But like finding that kind of joy and like, like Naya mentioned before and kind yeah. of the movement and um, just the health aspect. Um, I think we have, a there's a lot of narrative going on right now uh, surrounding larger bodies and health. So one of the things that I kind of embraced this year um, was wealth, which is W-E-L-L-T-H. Um, and that just, for me, centers more on, um, of course, wellness than money, but also wellness in in some different avenues, um, mm-hmm. physically anyway. Um, yeah. So that's been a, a area of things I, I enjoy. Naya mentioned like hiking and finding like those friends, <laughs> find your active friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have done, I've done a 5K with my boss. We have 5Ks at work. So like those kind of spaces. And mm-hmm. um, I also think it's twofold too, because it also helps you get to know yourself and like have likes of your own. I think a lot of people are, you know, in their season of singleness and it's a really good time to get to know yourself and figure out, you know, the things that you like and the things that you enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been leaning more into that, like on a discovery of the things that I like and the things that I enjoy. So I just want to close out. I always close with a little bit of fashion. Y'all know me. Uh, <laughs> I always believe that there's a correlation to our wardrobe and where we are in our journey. Mm-hmm. So what is that thread for you? And I'll actually start with myself just to kind of give you guys an idea of what I mean by that. Being at home, when I'm home, most of the time, I don't look like this. Um, <laughs> I normally am in a sports bra and some leggings. Like getting back out, I'm now noticing that I'm enjoying wearing my clothes um, getting dressed. I think over the pandemic, my sister and I did a couple of um, dressed because challenges, which is like we're getting dressed just because, <laughs> just because we can. So I find that in my wardrobe and kind of the things that I'm liking right now, it's also in a kind of evolution was the word that Kiki used earlier too. It's kind of in that. So even when I'm looking at my wardrobe, I'm looking at more not functional but like do I need all these clothes (laughs) like I don't need all of this like even paring down there and like making sure I'm even being intentional there you know with things dropping every day like oh my goodness that's so cute and realizing like okay there are a lot of cute things you don't need all the cute things Um, so that's kind of where my kind of wardrobe and my style is kind of aligning with where I am right now in my journey. How about you, Kiki? So I will speak on behalf of those who are probably are still working from home or just, you know, creators who don't necessarily have to go into the office. I have to make it a point to say I'm getting dressed today. Um, so even me and Toya, we both, when we're working from home, we're like, Today's that I'm a getting dressed day. So I make sure like I'm putting on like clothes, clothes at least twice a week. Um, 
So that's one thing. Another thing that I'm understanding about like my fashion in this new era is like, it's comfort and cheap. Like they can coincide. Like at leisure is the thing now. Okay. But how are we going to make these sweatpants? Like I might for, we have like, we'll do like sweatpants Sundays. And like, that looks like taking a piece of lingerie, like a corset and pairing it with some sweatpants. Not for, if you like what it looks like, honey, I'm glad, but I'm really just doing this for me. And so just finding ways that like me getting dressed or whatever I'm putting on is serving me in some way. If I'm feeling like I want to be, you know, in wooliness, then I'm putting that on. But if I, you know, feeling like I want to get cute today, you can get cute and you don't have to be going anywhere. And mm -hmm. it will have an effect on like your mood and your productivity and how you're showing up in the world. And so it's okay for you to get dressed just for you. I actually encourage you to do that. Like we said, it's more than just clothes. But when you put those clothes on, it's more than just the clothes. Because mm -hmm. what you put on is also determining how you're choosing to show up for yourself. Yeah. And so like, get cute for you. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned at the top of the call that I'm like, I feel like I'm surrounded by greats in the fashion industry. And I feel like I'm still kind of learning um, my sense of fashion. But I think one one thing that I've realized lately or in terms of my like fashion era, if you will, that's mirrored like my personal life is that in my 20s, there was a lot of just like fast fashion $3 shirts that I found on somebody's clearance mm -hmm. rack that after one wash, it was no longer a shirt, it was a rag. And so um, I think that I've now matured beyond that. And I'm really proud to say that I am investing in myself because similar to what Kiki just mentioned, like it's kind of a, a reflection of your investment in yourself. And so yes. Yes. I would rather have um, something that's sustainable that I can wear over and over again that I feel good in, that I don't just feel like, you know, average in or that's kind of like poorly fitting. It's actually like, once again, to our conversation earlier, centering me. Like I am wearing the clothes. I feel good comfortable in them and they're sustainable. Um, and that's yeah. the I'm seeing my personal life is that I'm really starting to focus on ways of being with others and community and my occupation that are sustainable um, and that I can do for a long time and not just for a quick good time. So um, that's the, the era that I'm in is more sustainable fashion and, and also a more sustainable way of living. I love. To follow back on what Naya said, as a plus size woman, I purchased my first couture piece. Yeah. So the investment of yourself. And when I tell you the different levels of just like, oh, Lord, from just the whole of like, am I really about to do this? And so for me, I don't shop as much as I used to. It is going into like investment pieces, but then also, like I said, like how you show up in the world. And so with me now going into this curator of spaces and community and like ball season, it's like, okay, you're going to be wearing some boss pieces, but like just that of like, oh, I do deserve to do this. And so like, definitely I agree with that investment. And like, again, it goes back to like, it's just clothes, but it's not just clothes. Right. It's connected to your purpose. So as you're doing the evolution of yourself, your style, your fashion, the choices that you're making are going to be evolving. And so for me, it's like, you got this whole plus size 24 body, you purchase this piece that, you know, that actually was made for your body and like what that like signifies. So I, that's another thing I definitely believe like fashion has the ability to like 
change how you see yourself. How about you, Shay? Um, I reject any aspect of discomfort. Any aspect of discomfort, anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, I absolutely am not interested in it. I always have loved to look well put together. And as I've aged, I really have come into that and to understand what that means. Um, Jamie calls me the queen of two-piece sets because I am. Um, I love, I love, I love, you know, Jamie and I talked about this before too, the ease of fashion. You know, everybody has their own unique and specific style, but... I, I reject discomfort and I require or demand ease um, with with wearing my clothes. I, I you know, yeah. I have spent many, many years as a plus size woman fighting clothing, fighting materials, um, mm-hmm. tucking this, pinning that, adjusting this and adjusting that. And now we have, you know, the world has kind of been opened up in regards to fashion and style. And I'm really getting to come into so many different things that I, one, didn't have access to at one mm-hmm. point in time. And like, I'm able to make like various and vast choices about how I show up and I present with my fashion and style. So, you know, one day is streetwear, another day is a two-piece set. But the goal is to always look intentionally put together. And I feel very strongly about my fashion sense now. Like, you know, like when I get dressed now, I'm like, I look good. I look so cute. Like this is crazy. Like, but like, you know, I used to force myself into the heels and, and, you know, force myself into things that weren't necessarily comfortable for me. I don't know. I don't know what that was, but that ain't what it is anymore. Now we, we, cause when you, when you dress and you feel comfortable, you present in that same exact way. Yes, that same yes. exact way. So that's where I'm at with it. It has to be comfortable. It has to be easy to put together and it has to look good. It has to be well made. Um, Like you were mentioning in regards to fast fashion, I may use fast fashion to kind of insert pieces here or there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a top you grab and you mix it up. But as far as like my workhorses in my closet, mm-hmm. like I have pieces from collections that are 10 years old that are in pristine right. condition because it's the quality of things. Like at this point, I just want to build a closet where I can always pull from. Um, I've always told Jamie that my goal is to never be trendy, but always stylish. Being stylish never goes out of style. And the cornerstone of my style is being stylish, is to never date myself per se, to always have on something that will stand the test of time and it will always endure. So like that is, you're not going to catch me. And, and I have no, you know, I'm not being critical of anybody's style, but you're not going to catch me in anything too trendy, anything right now in the moment. Like you were never going to get me in the big red boots. It was never going to happen. Cause I just, you know, again, that was a six month thing. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I'm an accessory queen big time. So it's just all of those little things, but yeah, that's where I'm at with it. And I love a sneaker y'all sneakers. Sneakers. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we talk about the evolution of our style. And I think that's why I like asking these this question, because I think as we evolve, um, Naya mentioned coming into her 30s, um, it's such a pivotal time. Um, but also walking into your 40s, just walking into these new decades, like um, I was telling someone the other day, like your style will evolve and you should let it. Um, because otherwise, as uh, Shayla pointed out, you look like you're fighting with your clothes. And so like, let it evolve, give yourself, you know, that freedom to kind of be in the exploratory phase to figure out like, what does this look like for me now? 
some of us have gone through promotions and we're in different spaces and we're wanting to navigate in these different circles. And sometimes that's going to require you showing up in a different way that may not be how you previously showed up. I agree with the be comfortable. Um, Target has these amazing, um, I call them, they're like trousers, but when I tell you they feel like pajamas, like I have filled my workwear closet with them. Because I'm just like, okay, well, if I got to get up and go in here, like I'm mm-hmm. going to do it and be comfortable. And so I always kind of giggle to myself. My coworkers are like, oh, you're so fashionable. Girl, I'm in here feeling like I'm in my onesie at home. Yes. <laughs> So I I definitely agree. I think there's a way to be comfortable. I think fashion can be functional, um, which Mm. is a very big pillar um, of mine. So um, totally agree. And I want to thank all of you guys. This has been such an amazing conversation, which I knew. I already knew. (laughs) I already knew putting the pieces together. that each of you all have such a unique perspective. Um, I knew you guys would bring something special to the table. So I definitely thank you for joining me. Um, Really quickly, I want to go across the board and just have you guys let folks know where they can find you. Um, I will be listing um, your links, your handles, all of those things in the show notes, but just go ahead and give folks where they can find you. Go ahead, Kiki, we'll start with you. If you want to see the visual shenanigans and uh, fun fashions on Instagram, I'm at Nikita Newkirk. And if you are looking for some assistance on how to tell your story or anything related to your brand or marketing, you can go to www.nikitanewkirk.com. Perfect. And what about you, Naya? Yes. Well, one first, thank you all for sharing space with me. I couldn't agree more. Like this conversation has been really inspiring and it was just a good talk, a good girl talk. And so I'm grateful for the ability to share space with you all. But um, I think probably the easiest way to find me is via LinkedIn. I do a lot of like community work when it comes to mental health advocacy. So that's usually a good place to kind of strategize and things like that. So you can just look my name up. It's N-I-Y-A is my first name and my last name is McCray Brown, M-C-C-R-A-Y hyphen brown like the color um and you guys can connect with me there and shayla and you can find me on instagram at the vein life that's where i'm at that's where i'll be jamie can i take 15 seconds to just say something um, i know we're wrapping up but sure um, you can. thank you friend i know i know but so jamie mentioned earlier her birthday this year um in the 5k so i did the 5k with jamie and so we've been talking a lot about community i had never done a 5k before in this body, I never thought that I could like achieve something like that. So when I tell you, like when we're talking about being intentional about community, like th- this girl helped me reach a goal on her birthday. Wow. So like, baby, like know who's in your circle. And when you mm-hmm. got when you got one, hold that thing tight, baby, because <laughs> it makes all the difference. But Absolutely. I just really wanted to share that. I was like, I completed a 5K on this girl's birthday because that's what she wanted to do. Like dope. But that's mm-hmm. all I got. It's the vein life. You can find me at the vein life. Sorry. I loved it. And I'm going to play this back for her because on my birthday this year, we're doing aerial yoga. Remember how I changed your life back then? Remember the last time, Remember the last time we did it, friend? It was so good. Yeah, I remember that. I couldn't walk for a week. I remember that. Facts. Facts. I remember that. I'm committing now on the public platform that I will do aerial yoga. She has been talking about it. I have stopped telling her no. 
But I just yeah. had concerns about being upside down. I was like, it's going to be a whole lot coming down on my neck. I need to have some some safety measures ensured. What is the bolting on the ceiling? I need to know these things. Like, I'm, I'm realistic about what's going on out here. I just don't want to go out here and try something and die. You know, uh, if anybody got you, I got you, boo. I believe it, friend. I believe it. I'll be there. But I thank you, ladies. I thank everyone that joined us today in our audience. Um, and we'll you. see you next time. <laughs>